Welcome to Half Finished to Done, a podcast for passionate business owners like you who are ready to stop procrastinating and start finishing all of your half-done projects. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm looking forward to helping you finish your projects in a calm, sustainable way using a simple, repeatable process. All along the way, we'll be working through the mental, emotional, and logistical obstacles that are standing between you and extraordinary projects. Let's get into it. Hi there, and welcome back to the podcast. So I recently led a workshop called How to Take High Value Action for the Half Finished to Done Live grad community. And it really got me thinking about my highest value actions that I take throughout my workday. So something that I do almost every single day is what I call my 18 minute quote unquote meditation. So just to be super clear up front, I am not certified in any sort of meditation. So this is really me winging it with what I have put together based on a few different resources. I wanted to share this with you because after this 18 minute meditation, I feel so much more calm, so much more grounded, so much more clear and peaceful. So I think a lot of people go into meditation feeling like there's really a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And when I do my 18-minute meditation, it's so flexible that I can't get it wrong. So that's why I wanted to share this with you. And if you're wondering why it's 18 minutes, it's pretty random that I wanted to do more than 15 minutes, but 20 minutes felt too intimidating. So for me, landing on 18 minutes, I was like, I can do that. So choose a time that works for you. It doesn't have to be 18 minutes. Choose what I call the time of least resistance, which is the amount of time that you're like, yes, I can do that without suffering. So I start by getting super comfortable. Sometimes that's lying down in my bed. Sometimes it is sitting up and propping myself up in bed or lying on the couch. It is never sitting with a straight back just on my own because that just does not feel good to me and it would distract me too much. So even though that might be the proper way to meditate, I don't care because it is too uncomfortable for me. Then what I do is I spend a few minutes just grounding myself with my five senses. And the thing that influenced me the most on this portion of my quote unquote meditation is the Ziva meditation. So that was founded by a woman named Emily Fletcher. She has a really great book called Stress Less, Accomplish More. So this is just a few minutes grounding myself into the current moment through my five senses. So feeling anything that I can feel like my palms on my thighs or my back against the bed, tasting anything that I can still taste in my mouth, smelling anything that's in my environment, and just paying attention to any noise in my environment. And it doesn't matter to me if it's loud, that does not distract me. It's just part of the current experience. And then last but not least, your eyes are closed at this point, but really seeing the color behind your eyelids. And you might think, well, it's just black back there, but it actually changes based on your environment, based on the time of day, based on the lighting. And sometimes I feel like based on my mood, I'm not saying that is scientifically proven, but I can see different colors based on my mood. So for me, this five senses scan has just been one of the simplest, easiest ways to pull myself into the current moment so that I immediately feel more grounded and less in my head. So after I do the five senses check-in, I really let my intuition guide me. 
And for some of you, you're going to be like, yay, amazing. I'm intuitive. And for other people, it's going to drive you absolutely bonkers that there's not a more clear structure to this next part, but bear with me. So I really ask myself what I need in the current moment. And I let myself give me an answer. Sometimes it's literally just sitting quietly, thinking of one word that's really meaningful to me, and then just taking deep breaths and bringing myself back to that word throughout the next like 10-ish minutes. Other times, I'm feeling more heightened emotion, and so I take some time to do a body scan. So if you are listening, you might be familiar with the Feeling Now worksheet. It is posted at peakcoaching.co slash worksheets, and it's called Feeling Now, and it literally helps you do a body scan. So you can think of the five senses check-in as an environmental scan, whereas the Feeling Now worksheet is more of a body scan. So it helps you take yourself from head to toe in your body and really pay attention to the parts of your body that are calling for your attention, meaning you're experiencing intense vibrations there. So this worksheet is going to ask you questions like, what color are the vibrations in your body right now if they have a color? Are they moving fast or are they moving slow? Are they hard or are they soft? It helps you really put imagery and visuals behind the emotions that you're experiencing in the moment. And I will say, I have a lot of clients who came into my program and they were like, I had one client who said, this seems like hogwash, this whole idea of processing the feelings in your body. But she was like, wow, it actually really, really works. So I definitely recommend giving this a go. If it's not easy at first, that's okay. That just means that you just have less practice feeling emotions in your body. And that's totally fine. Also, some people with different neurodiversity tend to have a harder time feeling the emotions in their body. That's totally okay too. So sometimes doing that body scan with the Feeling Now worksheet is exactly what I need. But other times I feel an urge to talk to my inner child. So you might already be doing inner child work or it's something that you've probably heard a lot about. My reaction at first was it was so cheesy and so overdone. But once I started doing it, I found it to be so powerful. The version of me that is younger that tends to pop up the most is aged four. I don't know a lot about why that is, except that that was probably pivotal moments in my life of my development. So I talk to the four-year-old and I say, how are you? What's going on? What are you feeling right now? And depending on what I need in that moment, the four-year-old version of me sometimes responds and says, am I doing it okay? Am I all right? Is everyone mad at me? Or I'm struggling or I feel alone or it's really dark here. Like really childlike things come up in that moment. And that's really that kind of base emotion. It's not the rational part of you. It's the emotional part of you that's worth paying attention to. And I shared this recently on a podcast episode with my former client, Samara. So depending on when this episode goes out, you may or may not have heard that one. But I do share at the end of that episode that recently my inner child has been okay And she'll tell me things like, I'm good. I just want to play. Like, I don't need any more comforting. I'm okay. And that's been really pivotal and transformational for me to watch my inner child feel healed through doing this work. I have so many thoughts right now as I'm recording this. I'm like, will people be on board with this? Or will they think this is totally weird to be talking to different parts of myself while I'm lying there silently by myself? But all I can say is that it really works for me. 
So there's one other person that I like to talk to during my meditations, and that is my future self. So a little bit of background on my future self. It's a tool that I've always used throughout my business. I learned it when I first learned about coaching, and we talk about the future self on a lot of episodes here on the podcast. Um, And I've always done it from a really rational perspective, but I actually had one of my other former clients who was on the podcast, Jamie Ellis. She offered to do a visualization exercise with my future self one-on-one with me. So she and I did that on Zoom virtually a while back, and it really got me into my feels. So I was sobbing while doing that future self visualization. And I felt so comforted by the future self version of me that I've almost come to see it as like a big sister. So every time I go to see my future self, she's in this one specific place. I think it's always winter there. So it's always so cozy. There's a fireplace. There's always warm cups of coffee. And I just go talk to my future self. And she, again, soothes me. So I find this really interesting is I just intuitively know as I'm doing my meditation, do I need to go soothe the younger version of me or do I need to go get soothed by the future self version? I can't tell you how I know that. I just intuitively know which one I need in the moment based on practice. And I will say this is usually about the point that I start sobbing. So I would say I cry in probably 85% of my 18-minute meditations. That does not surprise anyone listening to the podcast since I've cried on like every single episode. You know I'm a crier. So this is when I start to release. What's really interesting that I found is that feeling my emotions, doing that body scan through the Feeling Now worksheet is important to me. It gets me in touch with what I'm feeling But the moment that makes me cry is always the moment where I finally feel comforted and seen in my negative emotion. So it's one thing to understand and experience and process through the emotion in my body somatically, but to feel then that it's okay for me to have the negative emotion and to feel someone soothe me, even though it's still me, right? In this imaginary future self world, that is where the tears come. So I'll be curious if anyone else relates to that. It's like tears coming when you feel most comforted. So I've noticed that something else really cool starts to happen around this point, no matter what I've decided to do. So if I've talked to my younger self, if I've talked to my future self, or if I've just chosen a word to focus on, my brain at this point feels so relaxed and my emotions feel so open that it feels like ideas and solutions come to me. So some specific examples of how this has happened is I had to have a hard conversation with a friend that I had been really just debating. What do I say? What do I say? And as soon as I was in this open, receptive place, exactly the words to say to her just popped into my head. That was super magical. Or I'll even get business ideas. So I was doing my 18-minute meditation recently, and I was trying to relax my brain, but I kept having these really, really strong ideas about this workshop that I was going to lead. And it was like the entire workshop built itself in my brain in the span of five minutes. And so I'm thinking of all the meditation purists out there who might be listening who are like, that's not how meditation is supposed to go. I don't even know if that's true. Maybe people are more open than I think they are. But I was wanting to quiet my mind, but my mind was just not having it that day. And instead I got an entire workshop in five minutes. And so to me, I'm like, who cares 
if my brain is quote unquote quiet, I got what I needed from this session. So at that point, I actually just opened my eyes, wrote down the entire outline and was done with that workshop. I have to say, I'm a little nervous because I feel like I'm overselling the power of this 18 minutes, but it has been magical for me. It has been really, really, really important. I feel like it has been a daily practice that has helped with my healing, that has helped with my calm, that has helped with idea generation. It has just helped with whatever I need help with in the moment. That's what I get in my meditation. Okay. I do not time these segments. So I, again, I'm not taking this super seriously. I just let it flow. But at this point, I usually have three to five minutes left in my meditation. And what I do at this point is I manifest or visualize for the future. And again, this was influenced by the Ziva meditation style. So sometimes I just ask the question of what do I want in the future? Where do I want to be? And I let myself pull up a picture of that in my mind really visualize myself there. So sometimes it's on a stage speaking or it's in Italy on Lake Como. It doesn't really matter. It's just what feels meaningful to me and how do I want to feel as I'm doing that thing. The other thing that I've been doing recently for this future visualization is I've started asking my younger self. So again, that four-year-old version, I ask her, I'm like, what do you think would be cool for the future? And so I have had the most random ideas pop into my head with this question where I'm like, where did that come from? So one of the answers that I've been getting recently, and I'm so confused by it for context, I fell off a horse and broke my arm when I was 10 years old and I do not like riding horses, but my younger self multiple times now has been like, go horseback riding, do horseback riding. That seems cool. So I might give it a go just to satisfy my younger self. The other answer that I got recently to this question was go to a planetarium. So I guess there's a little four-year-old version of myself who really, really loves the planetarium and just wants me to go more often. So sometimes it's not exotic and it's not crazy and it's not totally out of reach. It's just do something light and fun and playful. And it just gives me these ideas that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So that's it. If I finish before the 18 minute mark, that's fine with me. I don't really care. And I, again, just wanted to share this because I think that meditation can be so intimidating, overwhelming, and honestly frustrating for a lot of people. And it has been awesome for me to experiment with the way that I want to do it. And I end up, again, getting so much value out of these 18 minutes that at this point, I want to do it. It's not even a chore to get myself to do it. I'm like, ooh, 18 minutes of peace. And then all the peace that ripples out after the rest of my day, absolutely. So this leads into the How to Have a Calm Workday workshop. So it is on Wednesday, February 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. It's $50 to join and you get access to the 15-minute deep work guide, which is normally $27 as part of your purchase. So if you want to join us live, we're going to be super interactive, cameras on, mics on. Um, You can register at bit.ly slash calm workday. And we'll talk about techniques like this. It's not necessarily going to be all about this 18-minute meditation. We might talk about it, But what we're really going to talk about is what does calm look like for you and what can you do that feels easy and light and doable to help yourself create more calm in your workday. So come to that workshop 
and let me know if you start doing a meditation similar to this and what comes up for you. I would love to hear. You can always reach out to me on Instagram at peak coaching or email hello at peakcoaching.co. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Half Finished to Done podcast. If you're ready to become a self-assured repeat project finisher, the best place to work with me is in my eight-week group coaching program, Half Finished to Done Live. You'll leave our time together with one finished project and the skills you need to finish any project, personal or business, in the future. Just head to peakcoaching.co slash HFD live for your next step. Can't wait to work with you.